Everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with someone that I have been wanting to have on the show for a very long time, and here he is. Hello, Harley Morenstein. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I feel like we've been talking about it for a few years now. Yes, since like maybe like halfway through 2015. It's that's been, right. It's been uh, something that's been up there i i haven't been elusive though right it's just it's hard to plan to make things happen sometimes right well you don't live in los angeles yeah you live in canada, canada yeah. right in in dollard which is the town that you grew up in yes yes dollard days are mo the fastest growing jewish community in all of canada i did not know that it's not a thing that anyone ever needs to know is I it just... do people in dollard di- wait i'm gonna say the whole name dollard des Mo. do they have pride in that uh i don't know I just wanted to have pride in something about it, so I started Googling stuff. <laughs> it could totally be a lie also. I Well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking a fun thing to do, but which I didn't do. But if there was a way for me to find a bunch of dollared facts, to like find a bunch of them and then give you a quiz on which are real and which are made up. But Oh, that, I would mean, not even be good at that. Yeah. and <laughs> Unless I, I wouldn't either because I couldn't find them. Which is strange because I did the same thing. I think I just went that much further. That's what I'm saying. I ended up like on like one. Barry's big website of dollar facts <laughs> or something like that. You Geocities know? dot you know, yeah. <laughs> right. It, right. Like a little and a little MIDI thing pops up when you go to it. Exactly. Yeah. And a count a hit counter. Oh, this taking me to a place. It's taking me to such a place. I didn't like those times of the internet. No. That's when like my mom would pick up the phone when we were connecting to the internet <laughs> and it would make noises and my computer tower would be my mom being like, It's yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> and also <laughs> Back then, if someone called you while you were on the internet, they'd just get a busy signal yeah. for hours and hours. Crazy, eh? So you are well known for a number, of, like the a number of things. One of them, the main one, I would say, being Epic Meal Time. Yep. The number one cooking show on the internet. Yep. Which you started in 2010. Yeah, we started in 2010, and uh, we've never missed a Tuesday upload of Epic Meal Time in seven years. So how many is that? We're with the other shows that we other food shows on that same channel. We're at like eight hundred uploads or something wow. like that. And you have millions and millions and millions of subscribers. Yeah, seven point one or two or something. That's insane. It's really it's really super insane. It's like a really weird thing. It's always weird to me. I have so many questions, but just to stick with the internet thing that we were talking. Well, obviously we're talking about the internet, but the specific time of the internet. When did you get onto the internet? I got onto the internet the first time was uh, AOL, like 25-hour discs, Mm -hmm. CDs. Uh, We put that in. I'll never forget my very first day. The only thing I knew about the internet um, was chat rooms. It's literally all I knew. So I knew the internet exists. You go on chat rooms. So I literally went on the internet. I went to chatrooms.com. How old were you? Uh, The sixth grade. So I was about 11 years old. Okay. And I went to chatrooms.com and couldn't. Like I saw, like when I got there, the writing instantly Mm -hmm. freaked me out because it was, everything was shorthand, like you are for your, and I was seeing the uh, like colon closed bracket, which was a smiley face. But when you don't know that and everyone's doing it, it was so outlandish to me. 
And then uh, I would say stuff and no one was talking to me. So I would go all caps. And then people were like, why are you yelling? And I was like, I remember this so clearly, like being on there for four hours, the first time I went on the internet, learning these lessons, like, oh, all caps is yelling. Mm -hmm. What is this? And I'm like, colon, close bracket, colon. What is that? It's a smiley face. Turn your head sideways. I'm like, oh, what is LOL? Mm -hmm. Laugh out loud. And I just, I remember going through all of that and being like, this is so insane. Fast forward like one year, I had ICQ. Do you guys know that? It no. was like MSN Messenger before MSN Messenger. Whenever mm-hmm. you got a message, you would go, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had an ICQ and uh, then to MSN. You know that whole thing where everyone, you would like change your name to like asterisks and squiggly lines yeah. and quote like hip hop. I don't know. I did this. I did this for about two years. I feel weird thinking about it. It's like a weird time. I, Jeff, have you heard my horrendous screen name debacle story? Love my carpet. that doesn't ring a bell all right have you but i like have you heard of uh the carpet cleaner love my carpet which i don't even think they make anymore okay so there used to be a product for your to shampoo or it's like a carpet spray or no you would spray it on your carpet and then you'd vac you'd vacuum it up and it was called love my carpet and there were commercials and i think there was a song and i just thought it was the silliest name for a product and i had to come up with my screen name And now everyone just chooses their own name or a variant of their own name for the most part, I think. But back then it was like you wanted a cool sort of maybe it's like a song lyric or maybe it's this or that. It was was also if you use your real name, someone's going to find you and kill you. People do that on the Internet. They kill you. Right. Yeah. Actually, probably less than than now. And now we're all like, (laughs) look at my Facebook. I'll tell you everywhere I am all day long. But yeah, then I remember specifically it was like the only thing on the Internet is you and killers. Right. So don't ever tell them your name. Well, given that, I did the worst <laughs> thing, which is I had a dream that night that I had decided that my like a good screen name would be Love My Carpet. And I would do like L-U-V-M-Y-C-A-R-P-T. Yeah, C-A-R-P-T, because otherwise it's crypt and that's weird. Um, and I just thought like, what a funny, silly screen name this is. And then I was in some chat room and I was getting a ton of people commenting on it. Like... Love your screen name. What a great screen name. And I just thought, well, I, Nailed it. weird. Yeah. And I thought I get maybe because I was very new to the Internet, too. So I thought maybe you just can't express a strong opinion on the Internet without a lot of people. Like if I had said, like, hate my carpet, I would also be getting this. Or I thought it was because the word love was in there. And then this guy was talking to me and it took me the longest time to understand what was going on. He was saying, I love... I love your carpet too. And I'm like, thanks. He's like, I would never walk on your carpet. How about you and I could get together? And I remember he was saying he would never wear shoes on my carpet and we could get together and I could love my carpet and he could choke his chicken. And I went, oh my God, I think you misunderstand my screen name. And I logged off and changed it instantly. I had no idea that that's I, It wasn't even at a time where you could link him to the video of the commercial or anything. Videos did not exist back yeah. then. And also, but also I was scared at that point. I'm like, ah, oh my God, I can't believe what people think. No, I can't believe that they thought that that's what I was trying to say. It's, it's actually anyway. from the very beginning of the internet. It's clear. Like as soon as guys see a single thing, they're like, oh, she's down. Yeah, I'm no. going. That's literally since day one on the internet. The first time they turned on the internet, like they jumped in and they were like yo there might be girls on here let's (laughs) find them (laughs) that's true well so when did you start um making videos and all of that i started making videos my dad had a camcorder 
when I was like six years old, seven years old. And, and just when I was 10, I like took it out from, you know, I never used it when I was six. I just remember he used to film stuff. So mm-hmm. I took it out when I was 10 and started to film things. And I, I think I was pretty clever at 10 because I did some moves like back then when I made videos with my friends, like I filmed the whole thing in first person <laughs> with like a like a cap gun in front. So it was uh-huh. like a video game. I remember setting the camera up on a tripod and like doing something and then like disappearing from the shot and then reappearing somewhere else and, and editing it to make it Magic. look like it was one. And it was really weird. What I did was I, – I, I can't believe I did this. I took a VCR and I put the tape in, a blank tape, and I took um, like a CD player. And instead of recording the sound from the VCR, like from the camera, the sound, mm-hmm. I would play a CD and I put the, the two of the red and white things inside along with the yellow from the camera. But so it was like video from the camera, audio from the CD player into the VCR. And that's how I would record soundtracks for that's, my videos. so advanced. Yeah, it was really like I think about it now and I was like, wow, I really cared. Mm-hmm. I cared so much. So now like when I look at what I'm doing now, I'm like, oh, I guess it makes sense that I'm sitting here. You guys can't see it, but like I have a camera in front of me. I just like brought this camera with me just in case something happens. And I have this one too because I'm an idiot and there's no card in here. Ah. Uh, yes, ever since I was young, I've always been an idiot. Um, <laughs> and, it's uh, rare that you see someone with walking around with a camera that's not their phone these days. Yeah, yeah, or that you see like a like a big burly bearded man with a camera like that because it's it's hard for me at 31 years old to take it out and be like, "Hey guys, I'm, I'm picking I'm just, up your camera." It's true; she's touching it and it's, looking at it. That's right; it's in my hand. <laughs> Do you say what kind of camera you It's the you Canon have? G7X Mark That's right. I. I had the Mark II, but I dropped it three times. Um, Canon doesn't pay me, so you guys can check out the Sony equivalent. It's just as good. Canon, hit me up if you want to work something up. I had uh, an, I think I had an Elf. Do they even make those anymore? I Canon don't know. Elf? I feel like, oh, I don't know. It was like not that much bigger than the one you have, actually. So it was small. I feel like if it's called the Elf, the whole thing was like that it's like small. Smaller, I guess so, right? yeah. That was like their thing but i always have an issue like because uh i don't like vlogging is not my main thing Mm -hmm. but i do find it helps connect with the audience and it's so difficult sometimes to just look like me and pull the camera out and film myself like even now i made uh i made you know we have a mutual friend allison i named greg yes my audience knows greg (laughs) yeah yeah he told me and greg said uh he said to me like because i my, my my hair is like really light blonde now and I was like, he was like, oh, why'd you do that? I was like, oh, just because. And he was like, oh, in the industry, we call that a choice. You made a choice. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, exactly. I made a choice. So when you make this choice and you're 31 and you have like a blonde beard and like you're filming yourself and you're like, what's up, guys? Mm-hmm. Any other person my age might look at me and be like, oh, you just get a real job, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like not knowing that there are people that actually care right if i it is your real job but it's still like i don't like if someone's walking by and i have to explain it it's weird you know like oh don't mind me i'm just filming myself it's kind of like when i'm out people like oh what do you do i don't like i have every true answer just sounds terrible Mm -hmm. like if i'm like what do you do oh i'm a youtuber (laughs) what do you do i'm an influencer i'm a content creator (laughs) a digital producer like they're all terrible it's like okay one of those halfway not real what do you do to pay the bills type thing you know what i mean so what is there an answer you can say that will just stop the questions that feels honest i make a cooking show oh that's what i say and they say oh what kind of one what kind of cooking show Mm. and i say a bad one (laughs) 
And they say, oh, what is it? And then I always say, I don't think you would like it. It ha- has lots of uh, bacon and whiskey and cheeseburgers. I don't know if it's for you. And that's usually a moment where I can gauge someone if I need to go further into explaining right. it or not. That's usually when they're like, no, that's not, that's not, that's not for me. <laughs> or they're like, what do you mean? Do you cook? And then I'm like, no, I'm not a cook. And then they're like, you're not a cook, but you have a cook. And then I'm like, oh, this is the conversation now. But uh, normally I just – I have a cooking show. I do cooking stuff. That's what I say. Yeah, I find you always have to write down what your profession is when you're going to a new doctor or like anything medical. And I never – like I don't think they really care but I never know what to put in that little slot because podcaster feels weird. I remember one time I wrote down performer. Um, this is when I was like doing more other stuff and I got the sense that they thought I was Stripper. some kind of, yeah, like uh, dancer, circus person, something, yeah, circus but, so, something because <laughs> they were taught, they were telling me like how long the recovery would be from, um, a surgery. And they're like, because you're a performer, right? I'm like, no, I'm not a performer that needs That's my body so, in any way. <laughs> look at us. We're sitting here talking about us. What about circus performers when people I know. ask, right? Like, That's what right. if you're a Cirque du Soleil and you're like, what do you do? And you're like, huh, I'm, a, I'm in the circus. Yeah. It's like, wait, it's like, shut up. They must deal with that all the time. But I bet if they say they're in Cirque du Soleil, that's so cool. Yeah, but you can't, I don't think you go there. You don't do that. Because that's bragging? It's Exactly. It's like the truth sometimes might be bragging. Like, oh, what do you do? I host a, a really popular online cooking show. It's like, shut shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Like, what do you do? Oh, I'm in Cirque du Soleil. Oh, watch right. out, guys. Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. Like, um, I, I met a guy actually, another YouTuber from Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And he happened to recognize me. And I had seen his face multiple times before. So I knew he was extremely popular. And like when I Googled it, he ended up being like, he's like the online Ryan Seacrest of YouTube in Malaysia. That's so specific. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he should say when people ask. <laughs> um, well, when he was he was there and I, I kind of recognized him and we spoke briefly. And uh, like I asked him like, oh, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'd, like I do YouTube. And like he kind of spoke about it really downplayed. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think this guy's a thing. And I went and I looked after. And I was like, oh, he's a huge thing. He totally mastered the art of like, nah, it's not a big deal. It's really, it's nothing at all. And it's totally something like Malaysia super, super really, really cares about this guy. And like I think he posted something of me because like my followers shot up and all that. And I was like, but he's really good at that. Right. Even though I'm like one person that I would have really just been like, oh, you could totally tell me the truth and be like, I'm the biggest thing in Malaysia, digital <laughs> or whatever. I would be like, oh, that's so awesome. Tell me about it. But no, he was good at that. And then I said the Ryan Seacrest thing because someone else wrote that to me. Mm-hmm. That's how they described him. And so, yeah, I forget his name. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. The Ryan Seacrest of Malaysia. I yeah, think that's on YouTube. That, exactly, that's his name. <laughs> so you were saying that be, that looking like you and talking to yourself in public is especially uncomfortable. But do you think that if you looked like someone else, it would? You mean you ten you, years ago? Like I could be, I could do all this ten years ago, probably better. Because like, oh, look at this young guy trying taking a shot at Snapchat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but instead it's not like me i'm like what's up guys uh you know i'm holding my phone up to my face and there's right. like a doggy filter on that people can <laughs> see me talking to a filter like on and i'm like doing like youtube voice like hey guys and like the whole thing is just like it i'm like i feel, i'm like come on, i'm a grown-ass man what am i doing i'm like I oh see. yeah it's my job oh yeah i chose this life oh yeah i really like it too mm-hmm. but i don't like that way that that girl across the restaurant is looking at me right, right. now because i kind of agree with her too so it's weird and you think she's looking at you like get over yourself? 
Maybe it could be a billion things. Could be like, get over yourself. Oh, you you think that's good content? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Post that to your followers, your your fans, or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much. It also depends on my mood. Right. Yeah. Um. So wait, what's YouTube voice? Like you know, when you're like, I, I guess I don't do it a lot, and I, I parody a lot more. Mm-hmm. But like you know, uh, yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? I'm hanging out here with Allison. We're kicking it. It's really awesome. She got some water for me. Let us know what you really think. Believe that, believe that, blue. You know, like that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know what? I'm, so I'm. You probably already know this. Not a YouTuber, although do some YouTubey things. But so I, what I'm saying is to you is going to sound like me saying like the sky is blue. I don't know if you've noticed, but I recently noticed. Um, the way people title their YouTube videos has evolved is it always evolving or it's changed from a couple years ago at least the like gonna delete this one like all caps yep exclamation points gonna delete this one yep grow like just attention getting so what happened was when i first started uploading in 2010 i would uh we would put up epic mealtime videos and they were popular they would just get clicks people were like oh epic mealtime comes up tuesday if you click subscribe the video shows up in your subscribe box and you already said you like them so you'll watch it even if it's called like our worst video yet, <laughs> you'll click it. I mean, the first Epic Meal was called Worst Pizza Ever and it mm-hmm. just people clicked it. Um, and then when it started, we would just name our video, whatever the recipe was, we would just be honest, put it out there and it would it would be what it was. One of my favorite YouTubers, Philip DeFranco, who I watch oh, yeah. daily, before I ever started on YouTube, I used to watch his videos. And the reason why I watched his videos is because the thumbnail would be like a sexy booty or boobies. And it would be like, what? Call of Duty, sex, something. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, that's a click. And I would click and I'd be like, oh, a guy talking is <laughs> the worst. And I just sat through half of it because I'm lazy. And he was doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember being baited into his videos and being unhappy because I didn't really enjoy him at the time. I didn't mm-hmm. really understand YouTube at the time. I was just clicking boobies. And then when Epic Meal Time started in about halfway through 20, 2010, we got an email from YouTube saying, if your thumbnail is something that is not in the video, if your title is something that is not in the video, you will get flagged, you'll be reported, and you can get a strike. Mm. And I remember being there with like my partner at the time. We were like, ooh, Philip DeFranco does that. Not us, though. And then YouTube kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Then the algorithm went somewhere from views, clicks, to how long people stay on the video. Mm. And they also wanted to promote more subscribers to more channels. So if you go and make a YouTube channel now and start it, you'll see you're auto-subscribed to like 40 channels. So they push subscriptions a lot. Subscriptions get jacked up. And now if you have like, if you're subscribed to 120 things, YouTube doesn't tell you of 120. It doesn't even tell you of 120. Right. It goes, here's eight. Yeah. Let us know what you think about those. And then we'll give you eight more if you want. So the game of look at me, look at me. Mm has surpassed just being like, hey, you know us and you know what we give you. So you need to like reach and pull people in. And I never, ever clickbaited for the longest time. But um, a YouTuber that I, another YouTuber that I really enjoy, Casey Neistat, did this whole thing on why he clickbaits. And he was like, because it works. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, don't clickbait, don't clickbait. And I'm like, I don't want to clickbait. You (laughs) made it this way. I didn't, I didn't want it this way. You did that. And, it's funny because then there are times when I don't clickbait and then people get mad that it's clickbait. Like uh, I'll, I'll say something like uh, um, I'll be like, uh, oh, uh, why you shouldn't spend like $3,000 spent on a pair of shoes? And I'll start the video. I'll be like, yeah, 
I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't spend $3,000 on a pair of shoes. Anyways, welcome to the video. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and I would go, I would like kind of handle the clickbait differently. But there were times where I was kind of hinting at something, mm -hmm. but it was totally a misdirect. But like it was still relative to what I was vlogging and people would go clickbait. And I, and I, I got to this point where I realized, you know what? There's a description and a title. So I no longer think of clickbait as a thing. I no longer hold it against anyone. If they're like deleting soon, oh my God, am I pregnant and gay or anything like that? <laughs> that's totally legit because that's a title. And don't get mad if the title didn't match the video because there's actually a description option. Mm -hmm. And the description is where we'll describe to you what's happening. Just like in Star Wars, there's only one war. And in fact, you know, you barely get any of it. You actually get a battle. But we're not going to call it single battle in space because that's not interesting. We'll call Fair it point. Star Wars. And you'll be like, whoa, epic. Read the description. A lone farm boy goes on an adventure and you're like, hmm, that's much smaller than Star Wars. <laughs> but I see, I understand title for attention and the thumbnail for attention. And I'm not saying like lie, but definitely clickbait because that's what a title is all about. Like, you know, you want like you don't judge a book by its cover. But you sure as hell like judge a YouTube video or anything on the internet worth clicking by the headline. How many times have I clicked a headline that is totally on a bogus news site, mm. but I'm still like, let's see what they came up with here. Let's see what their angle is. I Sometimes I have to make myself not click on them, but I will not. Click. I will. I will not. But I'm like, oh, God, I do want to see stars and their ugly wives. Yeah, that's but I'm not I, going to. <laughs> I totally. Yeah, that's that's me. I go there and then you do it on your phone also when you're on Facebook and it's giving you like it's like spin the lottery jackpot. You're like, I already didn't want to be here. <laughs> and now you're telling me to do this. Like, you guys, you lost me forever. And you're back the next day because I came up with another good headline. Well, so how do you figure out what's the most clickbaity? You don't. You don't, and it always changes, and it's anecdotal and case by case, and it's you're like, that was a great title. However, we uploaded it at 7 p.m. on Thursday, which proves to be a very high traffic day on the internet. Mm -hmm. But also, when we uploaded this one on Saturday at 12 p.m., it didn't do well. And now what we do now is like we put up the video of the burger with a green thumbnail in the back, but then after three hours, we switched it to a blue thumbnail to differentiate against the other videos. And we noticed that the views went up. Maybe that's because of the thumbnail or maybe because it's at a completely different time of the day, right. different hour. It's like there's just really – it's everything is a shot in the dark. Do you ever decide you're going to take a break from paying attention to your views and paying attention to all these metrics because either it's like causing you to make decisions in a way that you don't want to or it's just driving you crazy or is it like 100% of the time you are very focused or you're very aware of all of that? Um, I took that I took that off for about two years. To, you took yeah, I did off that. caring yeah, about I it? I didn't okay. look at views. I actually, personally, I've never ever once looked at the bank account of my own company. I've never looked at what is in there. Mm -hmm. um, I work with my brother and my cousin very closely um, uh, they could totally be robbing the company. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, my mom's there too. Um, but we have like that aspect, like the money that mm -hmm. comes in monthly or anything like that. I see YouTubers that always go to like their sites like Social Blade and they look at the subscriber pops. They look at the, the revenue they get. Once again, completely anecdotal. You could put up your best content uh, 
in January and receive $0 and your worst content in December and get your best payday just because of like it's whenever advertisers are in there, right. whatever the flow of the, the website is. And for two years, I just got into a mix of I'm just going to do what I want mm-hmm. and what makes me happy and I'm not even going to read the comments. I did that and uh, it was fine. It was okay. Um, ultimately, I don't know if it hurt the channel or if just everything of the channel was trending downwards or if the algorithm was changing how much of it or it's just new people coming onto YouTube. It's tough to say, but I I did step away from that realm for a while. And I realize now, probably in the past you know year, that if you want a YouTube, then play the YouTube game. Clickbait, look at the views, look at the metrics, play the game. You, if you like, literally, I, this is a quote that I always use now. It was, I've kind of changed into my own and I don't want to say whose quote it is because it's actually a true story. But whenever something happens and I'm filming something and someone like walks by in the shot and they're like, oh, sorry, I'm always like, oh, we're making uh, YouTube here, not art. It's fine. <laughs> and that's the truth. If you, if you are making art, I suggest you upload it to Vimeo and show how everyone how artistic you are and don't make ad revenue on it. Mm-hmm. Just give them your art and say, this is my art. This is the best video quality online. It's on Vimeo. Go check it out. You're really exclusive. You put a password on it because you only want, you know, like something right. like that. But if you're going to YouTube, play the YouTube game. And it's cringy. It is cringy. Like you start off like high energy. So you turn on the voice and you got to tell people. Remember, make sure you like this video. Let's see if we can get this up to X amount of likes. Mm-hmm. Comments down below. Comments down. Hit the subscribe button, but that's not enough. Next to the subscribe button is a little bell. Hit the bell also so you get notified when your favorite brother is uploading a new video. <laughs> get it. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Also, guys, you already know how it is we're doing. And like, then you go on your Snapchat and you're on the Snapchat. You're like, yo, just uploaded a new video. Make sure you go in the comment section. I'm looking in the comment section. You go and you're like, oh, what? Fluffy Bunny 69 <laughs> just said he's the first one here notification squad what up and it's a cringy thing to outsiders and it, i was like i kind of held myself above it guys i'm doing quotations in my hands here mm-hmm. um, i held myself above it and i held epic mealtime content above it for a long time because i was like i don't want to be one of those youtubers that's like what's up guys i'm just eating cereal <laughs> Uh, with my shirt off, and I don't know. We'll see what's going on today. Uh, you know, uh, some sort of challenge. We'll do a challenge video. And I was always like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do like live streaming where people are just live and there's no structure. It all mm-hmm. looks messed up and weird. But as as time went on, I started to appreciate the content you get on YouTube that you cannot get somewhere else. You cannot get, and it might sound like I don't want that, but mm-hmm. some people do. You cannot get. A 45-minute video of one person opening up to you as they go out throughout their day in 4K, 60 frames per second, like telling you how uh, basically what they're doing today and they don't actually have a job because their job is just telling you what they're doing. So like these popular vloggers. So when I started to watch them, I was like, you know what? There's something special about that. And at first, and, and, and I was too old I am too old to see it initially, mm-hmm. but because I work in this space, I'm always looking at like the new stuff and I was like, oh, I could see how this is appealing. And then I could see how if this is appealing, like just like how, you know, uh, you know, fan bases, believers, they have nicknames and stuff like that. If you're doing this, you want to activate your fan base. You want to get them on your team, make a squad out of it, talk to them and be there for them daily. Like, what you can get with someone like Fousey Tube, a very popular vlogger, 
is literally not available anywhere else on any platform or anything. That's why whenever YouTube is like, we're giving a million dollars to celebrity X, Y, and Z to make a YouTube show that they're going to upload once a month, uh, it's, it doesn't cut it. Like what really cuts it is that, you know, these kids nowadays, they like that someone like PewDiePie is going to be there every single day making a video. And I used to kind of hold myself above that. But mm-hmm. once we made our own TV show, I was like, you know what? I will save TV for TV. I'll save a movie for movies and I'll do the YouTube game when we YouTube. Mm -hmm. So we started doing the YouTube game. I mean, when we came down here, we, I I came down here this month, I planned out 10 episodes with 10 other YouTubers from 10 completely different fan bases just to try and get new people to watch the show. When back in the day, I would be like, I don't want to collaborate with these YouTubers. Their fans don't even like us. I don't like their fans. The content's going to be weird. We have to work harder for it. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just, you know, Wrap our bodies in bacon and lie in bed and make out together or something. That's a terrible video. We never did that. (laughs) But like, I I was like, but now I'm at the point where like, oh, let's, let's play the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like YouTube is not about content is basically what I'm saying. The too long did not read of everything I've just been rambling (laughs) is YouTube is not about content. Vimeo could be about content Mm -hmm. or TV is about content. YouTube is 99% about connection. Mm -hmm. It's totally connection over content. And that's where, like, if your YouTube is your foundation, then you use the Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook as just supplementary. And to connect, you have to let go of that ego thing and be like, I make content. Mm. Well, yet despite all that, the the recent Epic Mealtime YouTube videos are, they look like little movies. I mean, that's a compliment. Like, they look look so good. Yes. um, We hired an Asian He's the first non-Jew on the team. Mike Santos, (laughs) big shout out. I mean, check it out. He's doing the same things we all did, but we're like, it's like a movie now. Yeah, it looks really good. He's really, he's really talented. He's really awesome. Um, and, uh, he, we, we saw him like last summer. He was filming Kylie Jenner, who came to Montreal for this huge party. It was like at this place called Beach Club, where like, you know how like those clubs where everyone goes and takes drugs and it's like, (laughs) imagine the same thing, but it's outside at the beach. And imagine the beach is in Canada, Montreal. So the water is just like not really like it just it's it's strange. It's interesting, but it's it's a hot spot in Montreal in the Mm -hmm. summer. And they literally like flew Kylie Jenner down for her birthday. And one of my guys was filming the event and this guy was filming the event. He was like, oh, I love Epic Mealtime. We got his card. I looked at his page. I'm like, oh, he's great. I brought him in. He... We we had him film like one episode. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So that's literally like one person's touch. Wow. That made it look cinematic like that. Just some like some production decisions that were made. Um, but the flow of the episode is actually less structured than we used to. Mm-hmm. We used to like write things out and like have it like somewhat pre-planned. Now I'm like, all right, Santos, you got the camera? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, tell me when you're rolling. And he's like, okay, I'm rolling. And I try and match a middle ground of when Epic Mealtime first started, it was like, yo, we're sipping Jack Daniels. I'm crazy, man. I'm going to kill your dad and whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It was like over the top, like frat boy mentality. But I was... Well, you're the sauce boss. I was a sauce boss at 25 years old. Sauce boss at 31 is like... uh, Let's save some energy to like uh, stay awake tonight and watch a movie, guys. Like, let's not spend it all yelling today. Um, I try and match that 25-year-old guy with... Like being 31 and 25 is a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So being with who I am now and then matching the YouTube voice with the raw 
and real perspective that I have of being a YouTuber Mm -hmm. and seeing it and being inside of it and just trying to do the whole thing and splitting the difference. And I'm like, whoever likes this content, I like you (laughs) because we like this content. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, we try and keep it like real raw and do all the things that just TV food shows could not give you. Like, like what would be an example of that? We streamed uh, the making of a cake, of a huge chocolate cake, and it took like six hours. So it was a six-hour live stream mm-hmm. where me and Amir, the guy who does uh, you know, pretty much a lot of the cooking on Epic Mealtime since the second episode ever, he uh, – oh, you met Amir. I did. Yes, he's you, – oh, so he's psychotic. You know this. Has, <laughs> wait, are you – Saying that based on him, based on your memory of Amir us on is, meeting, is, or based is on one of my Greg longest said. friends. And when I introduce him to people, they're like, "This guy's crazy," or they're like, "Yo, Loki, this guy is a serial killer, and you should get him help," um, or something in between. There. Okay, so it's just based on him. Yeah, I had the so when I met you guys, I it was the kind of thing where I was like, I can't tell if he's hitting on me or making fun of me. I just know I feel very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> So he had that effect on me. <laughs> I actually, um, Amir has definitely changed a lot as I have, because that was like 2012 or 2013, yeah. right? Yes. Um, he has changed quite a bit, but he still has, he still has crazy eyes and he absolutely <laughs> freaks people out. We just filmed with Brittany Ferlin mm-hmm. and he said like crazy things to her that she was totally like, I don't know if I like this at all. I think I should go. <laughs> and we're like, nah, he's just joking. Okay. And, and then he says like five other really weird things. Um, but when I was coming here and I was like, okay, yo, so I'm going to this podcast. You stay here. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, do you remember? I did this. We did this podcast a while back. You were super wasted 10 on 10. He was like, ah, yes. I remember. Um, tell her I changed. And I was like, sure. <laughs> he did tell a him little say, bit. Uh, <laughs> Hi. I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell him nothing. Um, and he, uh, he was, what was I saying about Amir? How did he come up? Um, oh, it was the live show. And sometimes his his yeah. his like his psycho turns on, and I'm performing, and I happen to perform as a psycho on Epic Meal Time specifically, mm-hmm. and it's like five hours of being like just high energy, and he says something, and then I say something, and if you were to see this interaction that he and I have on a regular TV show, you would be like, okay, this is terrible. This is like front page news. This shit is canceled tomorrow, definitely. <laughs> Um, but on YouTube, there's just, no one makes that call except for us and it's our channel. Right. So we're there and we're, you know, we're cooking for five hours and then we literally start fighting. (laughs) We're actually fighting on set and it's live. And like, you know, like one of the other guys like, yo, I don't know if we should do this. I'm like, no, stop. This is what's different from us and Ellen DeGeneres. And I don't know why I said her. I just went like to the top. You know, I was like, this is the main. She's the television cooking show everyone thinks of. Yeah. <laughs> I just, she's queen of television, I guess. And I fancied myself <laughs> queen of the internet. And I was like, stop. This is what separates us from Ellen. They need to see that we fight. Keep rolling. And like, we literally like bickered for like, you know, a couple minutes. And it was like terribly awkward. Mm-hmm. But when I was living it and when I watched it later, I was like, ooh, that's content. Like, cause I'll go and I'll look up cringe videos mm-hmm. and I'll watch things that, that makes me go, <laughs> but you know what? I feel but as when you go on the internet, like you see so many memes, so many things and you go to this funny movie. It's hilarious. You like all the actors and you leave and you're like, I laughed seven times, which is great for a movie. However, I can laugh seven times if I go on Reddit 
you know? <laughs> so yeah. I don't laugh much now. Oh, that was scary. That was scary. Um, but like not as scary as, you know, some of these like, t- like creepy, creepy posts I read. Um, or, or that was, you know, that was touching. That was, movie like really touched me, except that gif of the German shepherd getting batted in the face by the cat and then the cat yeah. licks his nose after. That made me feel more. Mm-hmm. So you get these, more like, immediate. these like feeling fuses blown just because the internet can be like everything you love or want to feel. I'll show it to you in four seconds. Mm-hmm. Boom. Or I'll give it to you in a paragraph. Like so investing 90 minutes seems like this this grand thing. Cringe videos got so popular. I think that's because it's still one aspect that makes people feel. Mm-hmm. So people look at there like, oh my God, I feel cringy. Ah. Like I love The Office and I would look at some things and I'd be like, oh my God. Now to go to like a website where it's real life and I'm like, oh my God, this lady is so racist and they're filming everything. <gasps> what if this was my mom? That would be <laughs> terrible. You know, and like, so I'm just like, okay. So when we did it, I'm like, let's just roll. Whatever happens, happens. We kept it live. And for better or for worse, who knows? You know, we uh, we we had successful live shows. We did them, but they just are really taxing. And at the end of it, we opened up our oven and our cake. We put lots of chocolate bars on the inside. Chocolate bars are super oily. They just literally the whole cake on the inside like melted. I literally opened the oven and a waterfall of chocolate fell out of the oven <laughs> like live. Like everyone saw it and we took out whatever we could. We put it on the table. It like fell apart. It was terrible. And it was the internet. And we were like, that's the show. Like literally (laughs) that's it. We tried and we failed. And if this was filmed, we would have edited it and reshot. But Mm -hmm. that's not the case now. And that's what you get. And I don't know if that's what people want. We're in like a confused state with like, oh, live, virtual reality, augmented reality, 360 video, 4K, no 5K. That people don't really know where we're going. So to like it's 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 the, this is the main time people have been saying it for years but for for now right now nobody knows what they're doing definitely no one knows what they're doing people get lucky and they can act like they knew what they were doing but when they were going through it they were like I wonder if this will work it sounds interesting but so you so you had Epic Meal Empire which was a television show on FYI what was that experience like that was so awesome so Greg Heller he's so adorable eh. Isn't, isn't he, he like, though? Isn't he he's like, just, he's he looks one... so different than you think from hearing his voice. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think he looks like? Oh, I think we actually, I don't know if most people think I'm a fat old guy from New York. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what people think. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he uh, looks like a mini Jewish Beetlejuice with a 10. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> yeah. There's a big like, what? You're the guy that I talked to on the phone when you first meet him. But he's so awesome. He's one of the he's one of the coolest people I met here, and just that like really isn't saying much at all because uh, it's Los <laughs> Angeles. But he uh, he's he's great. And when I first came to Los Angeles, we met with this agent. He was like, "We're gonna make a TV show. I'm gonna bring you ten producers. You're gonna choose your favorite." I met ten. I was like, "I like that one the best." He was like, "Yeah." I met that producer, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm not doing anything. This guy is." I'm like, "Who is that guy?" Which was Greg. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And he then luckily, this, Greg yeah. was awesome. And so we liked Greg. We made this show on G4, and uh, I was like, this guy knows how to TV, so you do whatever you think. And uh, Greg made a show, and the show is definitely interesting, and we, we aired it at the Alamo uh, South by Southwest in like 2011, and it was cool and all that, but uh, it was for G4, and G4 stopped existing at that time. The, the show never went anywhere. Fast forward two years, we got to make Epic Meal Empire. 
and I like super, super, super pushed to have Greg do the show with us. Mm-hmm. And it was actually uh, – it was like a battle because they were like, oh, this guy Greg does other types of shows, not this type of show. And I was like, but I don't want this type of show to be like this type of show that these types of shows are always like. What does this type of show mean in that context? It's like there, he doesn't do this type of show, this type of show being. Reality, like reality a la um, um, like uh, reality show like, oh, no. We left our cooking supplies inside, but we're locked outside and Harley has the key and Harley is doing something. How are we going to get in touch with him? Pretending like our cell phones right. aren't reaching Harley. Mm-hmm. Also filming Harley doing something dumb. And it's like, oh, time is running out. Mm-hmm. We're running out of time. There's Almost not going like to be enough time. Show. Yeah. And like it was like that. And it was because like we had to get like an epic meal done. And like that's what it would be. I didn't want it to be like that type of reality show. Mm-hmm. I instead wanted to poke fun at reality shows and i don't know anyone else who loves making fun of tv as much as greg does Mm -hmm. so we went ahead and we made uh the reality show with greg and i love it so much epic meal empire except it went on fyi which was uh a and e yeah an a and e network and it was uh middle-aged women were the demographic at the time and the number one show was married at first sight and then Epic Meal empire came on right after Mm -hmm. where i was like oh we're four random canadians like making a tater bot, which is a six foot robot made out of tater tots. How you must be into that. <laughs> and we, but the show we did, I loved it so much. Like we actually did an episode that was beat for beat, an episode of Duck Dynasty. Oh, wow. We literally, like Greg literally pulled an episode of Duck Dynasty where like the CEO had to go back because the merchandise <laughs> people weren't shipping the duck whistles fast enough. So we did the whole episode literally beat for beat. I've literally seen one episode of Duck Dynasty and it's that one. I th- Yeah, I think that's what Greg said also. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So we did that episode. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, guys, I got to go back to Canada because they're having a hard time shipping the epic cooking sets. <laughs> and like went back to Canada, like spoke to the merchandise team who was also like my family as well. And then the episode ends with a family dinner, just like on Duck Dynasty. And I'm like, this is how it is. You know, the Egyptians did it. The Romans did it. Like no one else does it like that. And someone's like, I think those duck whistle guys do it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And the episode ends. And we're like, me and Greg are like, this is the best show for you and I. Like right. no one on this network though. Like like I heard it aired on Comedy Central in the UK and mm-hmm. Australia. And I'm like, that's probably a much better place for it. But when we did it, I was like, I love this show. It's for me. Like, it, it was great. I love it. But it's just, uh, you know, to whoever the audience is, I think it would be pretty good on the internet as well. Mm-hmm. But we had fun doing it. And we did 17 episodes. So I got to work with Greg for a long time. What were you like as a kid? Very, uh, I was a kid that um, if I went to like my friend's house, my friend's mom would call my mom and be like, what did you feed him today? Does he drink Coke? He keeps asking for Coca-Cola. Do you give him a lot of sugar? Because I feel like he has lots of sugar when he comes here. Maybe change what he eats before he gets here. Literally, that was like something that happened. Um, super loud. I used to be like the kid that was like by myself bored with my family there, even my parents on the phone. I'd be like, I'm going to go from the top floor all the way down into the basement to my brother's room and back up. And I'm going to scream at the top of my <laughs> lungs the whole time and hit every step as hard as I can on the way down. And it's going to be like my own little challenge for me. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, I'm like 5'11 at 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like screaming, running down the stairs, stomping. Um, everyone, everyone's like, your kid has problems. That's teachers? What people, Do they teachers, so? teachers said that. Yeah, teachers said that. 
Like what? They thought you had behavioral problems? Or? Yeah. I uh, I needed to be the center of attention. Mm. And uh, I don't get enough attention at home, apparently. I got plenty of attention at home. Mm-hmm. but Which is weird because it was like, oh, so if that was what teachers said, I wonder what the reason was. Maybe I just liked it. Right. You know? Um, I always think of like, it's funny because like I always got in trouble for doing that. But I also got honor roll. I was a good student because mm-hmm. my mother made me handle that stuff. Like I get home, <laughs> she's like, homework now. Now. And like I'd have to sit down and do homework. Like happened like all through university too. <laughs> and uh, so. Oh, yeah. You went to McGill, right? Yeah, I went to McGill University. Which is a really good school. Yep. It, uh, McGill like has t-shirts that say like uh, uh, Canada's Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But I went in elementary education. Uh, so I ended up being a to, – to be a teacher. That's what I did before Epic Mealtime. Mm-hmm. I taught high school and elementary school. What did you teach? Briefly. I taught history and media. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. And then I Well, I was asking you what kind of kid you were. Oh yeah, I so. was really loud and and obnoxious. Is mm-hmm. basically that's the that's the short of it, right? <laughs> so you were, you were teaching history and media. Was it rewarding? Did you like it? When I taught, when I went to school for teaching, I hated it because people would be like, "So why do you want to be a teacher?" And like girls would be like, "My great grandmother was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. My mother was a teacher, and I want to be a teacher." And the next girl would be like, "I had made this binder when I was younger of how badly I wanted to be a teacher," <laughs> and like there's literally like. 300 girls and then me i was the only guy in elementary education no joke and then it would get to me and i'd be like uh because i could kill it i bet and like that's it and like Mm -hmm. i just felt with everyone's so passionate around you and you're not And there's like a weird underlying resentment like why you even do this so were you just doing it because you knew you could i knew i could Mm -hmm. i thought i would be good at it uh i know specific problems that lots of teachers i had that i would be better at like i genuinely thought i would be very good at it um, but school for it sucked because mm-hmm. it was like you would sit down and we literally learned this book, like, you know, the Quebec education program. And it's this gigantic book, four years reading it. And like the year I graduate, they like completely revise it. <laughs> and it's like, well, why don't you just stick me in a classroom for two years and let me watch and let me talk to that teacher? Because we did do a couple of like stages, mm-hmm. like internships, and those proved to be the most for for learning, to learn how to be a teacher. Um and I never thought it would be rewarding, except the first class I ever, ever taught was a seventh grade class. High school, by the way, in Montreal, Canada, uh, elementary is kindergarten to the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. We say grade six. And uh, then high school, grade seven to grade 11. Then you graduate high school and you go to this thing called CEGEP, which is like pre-university. And it's like high school university training program for like two years. And then you can go to university. Um, but... I taught these kids. The first grade I taught was seventh grade. And uh, then the last year I was a teacher, when I was a full-time teacher, the year before the summer Epic Mealtime started, they graduated. So when I was there and I was at their graduation and I was there when they were in the seventh grade and they first started high school. So I saw them in their first week of high school. Now I see them graduated. There was absolutely a sense of fulfillment I could have never predicted or thought that I would feel or expect or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was there watching them, like, having a drink, and I was like, oh, this is a feeling. I understand why I have this feeling. People speak of this. (laughs) I'm like, excellent. Um, And then Epic Mealtime happened, and I was like, that feeling was great, but I can't do both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows how long this thing will be, and... You know, it, it could prove to be more fruitful in the end or something like that, which it has. Because now I work with my brother, my mother, you know, my dad, my cousin, 
friends of mine. Um, I like to say I am the uh, uh, I'm Dollard's coolest job creator. <laughs> I hired a guy with a full time salary to play video games in my basement from Monday until Friday, live on YouTube from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So I was like, if I was in high school and I knew that job existed when I was 22, mm-hmm. I wouldn't finish high school. So I'm glad that life didn't exist now. But to give someone that salary to do that, like it was just weird for me. I'd come down into my basement and see him be like, hey, I'd be like, hey, I'd be like, how cool is this? Eh? <laughs> Coolest job. Coolest boss. And the first Epic Mealtime video, how did that happen? Like, had you always been interested in cooking? I actually, it's so funny. I... Uh, like when the Baconator came out at Wendy's, I was like, Baconator, that's so crazy. Baconator, what a stupid name for a burger. Like, bacon, like it's all about that's so goofy. I'm going to go have one. Oh, it's so delicious. That's so great. I'm going to have another one. And I was like, oh, I bet you I could have two at a time. Let's film it. And we like filmed it, put Terminator music on it, threw it up. Didn't mean anything, but it got 30,000 views, which is a lot at the time. Wow. And, I and just you put had it up. no following at that point. No, nothing. It, was, it wasn't even on the Epic Mealtime channel. And I put it up and there was no talking. It was just me eating a burger. And that was that. And then I remember being online and like looking at like this site and seeing like a bacon tie. It was just a tie, but it was a strip of bacon and shoes, but they were bacon print. <laughs> I'm like, that's so funny. And I remember consciously being like, bacon, what a smart tie or shoe print because bacon. I'm like, everyone eats bacon every day at breakfast and all that. Bacon's pretty cool. But I was never like, bacon is life. I didn't think anything of it. And then when we did the first epic meal, we put burgers on a pizza. And it was me and my friend Sterling at the time. We co-created Epic Meal Time. And uh, we brought my friend Alex, who wore sunglasses and didn't speak. Muscles glasses, Exactly. Right. And we did um, – we just filmed us putting burgers on a pizza and being like, whoa, check it out. Get it. And it got 100,000 views. And that's when I was like, uh, I'm going to do this again next week. I'm like, are you guys in? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, next week. We did it. I'm like, okay, next week. Okay, next week. Okay, next week. Okay, next week. Fast forward like three months. I'm like, okay, uh, who? I guess everyone wants to be paid. I could pay you backwards because now this makes money and I quit my job. And uh, what else should we do? And it was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And we just started like rolling with it. And it was it was fun and it was intense. And because of the popularity, it was really crazy. Um, and if you take into consideration that it was like, like seven guys, like from like 22 years old to 28 years old, the amounts of ego and stuff and Mm -hmm. everything and pride and everything like in those first two years mixed with all the popularity and everything like that, we kind of like just started like fighting each other over things. Mm -hmm. Like imagine a boy band. (laughs) <laughs> but imagine if they didn't have like a management company or they There's weren't no corporate chills. Exactly. Imagine if like uh, – <laughs> imagine if Nick Carter was also Lou Pearlman and that <laughs> and that's everyone in the band were Lou Pearlman's best friends. Right. You know, it makes mm-hmm. it weird. Or half of them were best friends and half were acquaintances because mm-hmm. that's how it was. And uh, yeah, it was just weird. It was like very intense for all of us. And only like I, – I could speak about it now because only like in the past – year and a half like my partner at the time sterling who has a gaming channel now um he and i like made up um muscles glasses had texted me to like make up and we did that and a lot of people there were a lot of legal battles right yeah there was like drama like i had a between sterling and i there was like a litigation a lawsuit a forced buyout um 
uh, Muscles Glasses had done the same thing, like had uh, sued the company and uh, there was articles written about it. And maybe like, and I guess, you know what, going back to the fact that like I never ever looked at the money and I never ever paid. And at the time during all these lawsuits, I wasn't even paying myself a salary. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't making money. I was living at home. I was still driving a Nissan Sentra and I was having these guys being like Forbes magazine says it's worth three and a half million dollars and I'm only making a stupid salary. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, but I'm not even making any salary and I invented it. Well, so where was it going? It was just like we just kept it in there. Mm -hmm. We kept it in there because my mentality was, and this is what I had said to my brother who became a partner like two months in with Sterling and I, was I said, this will last five years. Let's make sure we springboard it into an awesome company. Mm -hmm. So at the time when we first started, I knew that like, you know, Muscles Glasses wanted to do workout stuff. I knew uh, Tyler wanted to be a rapper. I knew that I wanted to write comedy movies and be in comedy movies. I knew that everyone had these dreams. And if I gave it to like, uh, if we just split it up eight ways people would just rip the whole thing apart and just it, like what would happen? I know other YouTubers that went and like bought Lamborghinis, right. bought boats and then the views drop and then what happens? Well, for me, I'm happy I made those decisions because we're now in the seventh year and the views are at a third of what they were the first year, but I have the time and the room to refocus, restructure, do plan this awesome trip where we come and we we stay in LA for two weeks and we film with you know uh, YouTubers that I like or that my audience likes and none of that would have been possible if I just did it like you know what my first urges were like yo I'm gonna get a house with a pool mm-hmm. and like what 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 good would that do now so we always kept the money in the company and we still keep the money in the company and I don't now I have a salary I don't give myself a crazy salary at all. Um, you know, I I don't drive like a crazy car, uh, where we film is, is pretty nice, but it's like, it's also an office. It's not just, it's not just a house. So it's like really, uh, it's, it's, I, I protected, I protected the brand. I protected what we were doing with it. And I understand because if I were younger, I would have probably had the same desires and urges that the younger guys did when we first started it, which was like, yo. Let's Where's get paid on this, dog. Let's get paid. And like, I understand because it was weird because we had a thing where we'd be like, YouTube money, we don't care. But then like, we'd show up places and, you know, we'd be like, ooh, drinks are 15 bucks. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's that's just how it was. Um, but there was also a lot of misunderstanding. Like, you know, a magazine can go and be like, it's worth three and a half million dollars. And it's like, what does that mean? We mm-hmm. don't have that in the bank, you know? Like, as a young guy, even when I was 26, I was like, I don't really know what that means. Like even just seeing after the first year how much we got taxed of money that we had in the bank, I was like, oh, good thing. Good thing I didn't just jump and split things up every which way or be irresponsible about it. And a lot of people are like, well, that's what happens when you work with friends. I think you can work with friends. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you can absolutely work with friends. Working with friends is a great thing. It's an awesome thing. The weirdest thing about it, though, is that you have to make some professional decisions, usually before right. you work with your friends. Is, so is it like you guys all were making these videos, money started coming in, and then you hadn't had the conversation, though, about how it was going to go? Well, Sterling and I, uh, we met through Amir, actually. And so me, Amir, and Sterling, we were the closest friends 
the other guys on Epic Meal Time, two of them worked with me at summer camp, like uh, like Muscles Glasses and Tyler, and his older brother Adam had friends Josh and Dave, and so like that's how they came in. But Sterling, Amir, and I were actual friends before, and Sterling and I, when we got the camera and started filming it, like it cost us eighty bucks for the first episode, but the fourth episode cost like six hundred bucks, and me and Sterling were very like. No, no one can throw in money. No one's paying for anything. We are paying. In fact, can you guys please sign release forms that we printed out from Google that says actor release form and mm-hmm. just cross out insert name here and write your name. And it was really like bare bones, but it was just ultimately Sterling and I own the company. And then once it got really popular and things started to happen, a lot of people would say to, to all the guys on Epic Meal Time all the time, you know, Harley doesn't need you. At any second, he could just go and do whatever he wants, which is a crazy thing because, like, I'm already doing it. Like, we're already doing it. What I'm going to leave, what we're doing to go do it With just more freedom, a- yeah. alone, but <laughs> even though it's already our. But it was a thing that people always said. And like, it was what like, kind of people? Like, family business- members, close oh. friends, strangers on Facebook, right? Stuff like that. But there was so many reasons that, like, people could inject reasons why we should be weary of each other Mm. and then trust became an issue really fast Mm -hmm. and then when you consider that the three partners are sterling myself and my brother it becomes like uh it was like two people are brothers and so i understand why sterling felt a way about it although even to this day years after sterling left the company one person that has always kept me grounded is my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother is about 10 years older than me, 10 times more responsible. And I couldn't think of anyone better at the time way back then to be in the company with us. Sterling as well agreed. And so we came in, but then when you throw in the trust stuff, it was like, oh, it was like, you know, we all of a sudden become like the Lannister brothers and it's <laughs> going to, we're going to turn on, you know, and I, I totally understand how everything turned out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And, had it been five years earlier than that, it could have been way worse. Have it been five years after, it could have been way better. Who knows? But I was just a teacher and I just wanted to entertain people. And then all of a sudden we have like a top 10 YouTube channel, fastest growing YouTube channel. You know, we have Jamie Oliver calling us being like, I can't believe what you guys are doing with the food industry. Mm-hmm. And it was all just like so surreal. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just like it, it, it. It was difficult to maintain the friendship, maintain the business. Like the weirdest, weirdest day for me ever was when I went and I gave everyone employee contracts. Mm. And I was like, now we're official. And if you want to continue doing this, then technically I am your boss. Although I'll be your leader or teammate or colleague, whatever it is. But we have to sign these documents. And then it got to a place where it was like, you know, they all called me in and they were like, we don't want to sign these because it says you own everything. But we've been there since like the second week or the fourth week or the fifth week. And, you know, now we're so far. People know us and we have our own audiences. And I was like, yes, true. But I also Sterling and I put in all the money and I did like it's all my equipment and I do all the editing. And, you know, if it if it messes up, it's my face. And I. No offense, I can find people I feel like that are comfortable. The guys didn't have lines back then. I was mm-hmm. like, I could find people that are totally comfortable getting paid a salary to cross their arms and eat bacon on camera once a week. It's actually a great gig. And uh, they ended up, everyone ended up coming together and we did it. And it, it lasted like that for about like six months. Mm-hmm. And then like one by one, people 
people left for for whatever reasons they were um you know alex uh muscles glasses does like a vegan crossfit thing now he looks incredible but it is interesting that he's like vegan and crossfit mm-hmm. when he was muscles glasses and wore a bacon strips shirt <laughs> um i know tyler does like a whole bunch of writing and stuff like that and he's always been into writing um dave who was like a very responsible guy on the team like the, did production he now does like this cooking thing on facebook called garnished you may have seen it. You know those top-down videos where people do top-down cooking videos? Every time you go on Facebook, it's like a bowl comes in and then people crack eggs. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like a one-minute thing. They did like – he and his wife did this one. It was like how to make ice. <laughs> and they would like drop garnish on the ice at the end and they literally made ice. They made toast. Uh-huh. And they those things. They got like 80 million views on Facebook. But that wow. was garnished on Facebook. Josh – who was one half of the cooking, the other half being Amir. Mm-hmm. They called themselves Team Cuisine. Josh got a gig hosting Sugar Showdown on the Food Network. Oh, cool. Which is uh, like a baking competition show. And he he uploads food stuff all the time on his account on Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, I mean like – and Sterling. Sterling has a YouTube channel, a gaming channel, Stat, spelt with a five. And you know what? Like years ago, I would have never – ever mentioned these guys and what they were doing mm-hmm. and probably just because maybe i was immature maybe or just growing or figuring it out or i felt like it's Are weird we hurt yeah maybe it's weird to promote someone's page if they also sued your mom <laughs> you might like would be like i shouldn't but like i don't know i felt like i've grown up and we've we've uh made amends and all that and uh it's it's cool i don't know we like like epic meal time takes pride in all their careers, like my career as well, like epic meal time and everyone who's ever been a part of it, like should take pride in whatever I do with my life from this point forward. You know, like I've, I've been in three Kevin Smith movies and like epic meal time, like as like, if I took my hat off of being the actor that always dreamt of something like that, working with like one of my role models and I put on my, you know, uh, epic meal time hat. I'm like, I, take pride in my career that Mm -hmm. I went and did that. Like, you know, Josh, a guy that's never, never wanted to be in entertainment or anything like that. Like he's hosting a food show on the food network. You know what I mean? Uh, Like Amir, like going on chopped, like these things are so surreal to me. Right. Cause like, I remember going to blockbuster where Amir used to work at blockbuster and be like Amir's picks. You know how people always had those picks. You'll like this. Cause you know, Amir would be like, it'd be like this person's picks, that person's picks. And then it'd be like Amir's picks. And it would be like horror movies or like messed up movies from the 80s that like like everyone has the the DVDs, but like his is so old. It's like a v- VHS that he would put there. Um, and I just remember – it's just crazy that like, you know, he went from like working at Blockbuster to people going and be like, hey, man, you're super famous on the internet. You work at Blockbuster? Uh, he was the last person to quit his job. He just loved it there. He literally – like he was there when it was closing down. That's when he quit. Um, and uh, it's just been – it's all so surreal and also crazy and uh, that like after all these years, it's like, well, I can't look back and ever be bitter about it. It's also so exhausting being to bitter, be bitter. Mm-hmm. to be bitter or to have like hate towards other people or to be like, mm, I'm successful, but I wish they were less successful mm. or something like that. It's just right. like it's such a waste of energy. And uh, I don't know. I, I have like I, I'm like the ultimate and my mom and dad always like point out that like I just don't hold a grudge. I could I could hold a grudge, mm-hmm. but if someone were to approach me or whatever and like want to clear it, I will never be like, no. Like if you want to clear it, I'd be like, oh, I would love to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. I would love to move past this and not have this be a thing. 
And, you know, with Sterling, who was like my partner, and then we had this huge lawsuit. Like, we used to go to the same gym and, like, we would look at each other. And sometimes I feel like he's looking at me like I murdered his family, you know? And, like, it was weird, but. Like he's totally got his stuff figured out. He's doing great. His channel is like on the, on, on the rise now. And I saw him and he was like, it's so pointless to just have bad relationships in this industry or an ND industry or to just be at this age and hate someone that you used to hang out with all the time. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like we moved past all that. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like when I approach YouTube now or anything, I, I feel like I approach it more like an adult. And I do want to say thank you to you because you didn't call me or anything today or message me, which I thought was interesting. I guess you don't work with YouTubers that much. No, I sent I sent you a text a couple of days ago to make sure you were still good for today, which is like my version of doing that. But no, I didn't I didn't hit you up today about it. Yeah. Do you Should do I have? you have YouTubers on often? I have Shane on, Shane Dawson a fair amount, and I've had... I would expect Shane Dawson, and I like Shane, I know him mm-hmm. personally, I would expect, if I had Shane Dawson on my show, I would call him every hour that day. <laughs> and I'd be like, you're still coming, right? Even if you're late, you're still coming, He's right? He's actually never flaked. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I just, we've been filming with YouTubers all week, and they'll be like, okay, I'll be here at 12. And I'm like, sure, I'm like, all right, guys, set up for 2 p.m. <laughs> And I don't mind because, like, I'm not a real person. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to have to pay overtime on this. You know, like, uh-huh. we're literally hanging out. We literally, we do this style also, mm-hmm. you know, dining room studios. Yeah, mom's kitchen studios. It's pretty much what it is. <laughs> and you were even early today, a tiny bit. Yeah, it was an accident. Okay. Yeah. Let's take some questions from listeners. But first, I want to say, um, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, I'm on Patreon. Patreon is a way that you can support uh, podcasts on an ongoing monthly basis. And there's different reward levels. So there's bonus episodes at a certain level with the aforementioned Greg Heller and a bunch of other interesting people. Um, there's extra content. There's a level where you get access to uh, an interactive live video stream. There's a level where you get merch in the mail. It's fun. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. Okay, let's take some questions. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Josh Gamble Galambos says, Harley, tell me what is your favorite alcohol? That's so funny. When we first started Epic Mealtime, I was like, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels. When I started Epic Mealtime, I had just finished university and I was like, I drank a lot of Jack Daniels. I'm going to take a break from Jack Daniels. But what's really popular if I wanted to use it on the show? Let's use Jack Daniels. Because it is, it is cool. There's something cool about Jack Daniels. At least when I was younger, I always thought that. I was like, Jack Daniels, I'm going to no, drink a, it and fight myself. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's one of the cooler drinks. Yeah, It's yeah. like the anti-Zima. And uh, what, what I ultimately settled on for a couple of years during Epic Meal Time is I'd be like, Jack Daniels. But then I would like drink Jameson offset. Or I would like Secret. put Jameson in the glasses instead of Jack Daniels. Um, and then I got really fat. And I was like, maybe I'll just drink tequila. And then I started drinking tequila. I'm like, I heard it's not as bad for you. You mean like drinking it straight? Yeah. As opposed to avoid the mixer calories? Exactly. Okay. Or like any like simple syrups. And then I was like, I might do this with vodka also. Aspartame and uh, rubbing alcohol. Diet Coke and vodka. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's what it tastes like. And I did that for a bit. Hated myself. Um, now I don't drink that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I... Uh, 
uh, if I go, I mean, my favorite cocktail would probably be an old fashioned. If I'm like at a restaurant, usually in LA, and they're like, you having a drink? And I'm like, nah. And they're like, come on. I'm like, these people are going to be really bothered if I don't get a drink. <laughs> so I'll get a drink and drink half of it. It'll probably be an old fashioned. God, I forgot what Diet Coke and vodka tastes like. It Good. Is, You're lucky. <laughs> people, when people say that vodka has no taste, I don't think that's true. It tastes like rubbing alcohol. Yeah, it totally tastes like yeah. rubbing alcohol. And then you have the Diet Coke. And like when you chase with Diet Coke, the only taste left is like chemical. Right. You know, I heard Diet Coke's flavor? Mm. Cold. It's what? flavored to taste like cold because back then they couldn't really mimic the Coke taste, which is mm-hmm. Coca-Cola Zero. Right. Is like mimicking oh, the real Coke maybe taste. that's why I like Coca-Cola Zero better. Yeah, because it tastes more like regular Coke. Yeah. Diet Coke is just its own drink, its own thing, and they made it to taste cold. So even when you drink it when it's yeah, warm, it's kind of cool-ish a it bit. It is. Yeah. I always thought that was weird. Maybe that's what I don't love about it. Science, eh? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Stevie Grill says, has he created a meal so epic that even he could not eat it? Well, I never eat every meal and finish it myself. Mm-hmm. There's usually multiple people on set that will help consume it or like Amir's always been a master at packing things up and bringing it home. But there was a time our best meal was we put a quail well, one of our best meals are classics. We put a quail inside a Cornish hen, inside a chicken, inside a turkey, inside a duck, wrapped them all in bacon, and then put them in a pig. <laughs> then we wrapped the pig in bacon and garnished it with baconators. Ugh. And that was like one of our classics. So the one-year anniversary of that episode, I said, what if we stuff five birds inside a pig and then take 10 of them and attach them ass to mouth? Oh, It'll be like the human centipede, but like with our best creation. <laughs> so that was 50 birds stuffed inside of 10 pigs. And we had 20 people eat it, but there was still about six pigs left. And that meal I had called, and it was so difficult. It took me so long. I had worked it out with a soup kitchen to follow the rules so that we don't contaminate half of this and half of it complies. Mm -hmm. And then they came and they packed it all up into Tupperware and bags and everything. And I was like, okay, so what's what's this going to be used for? They're like, this is literally going to be stew for about a year. I was like, excellent. That's great. So that meal was so epic. It went ended up going to a soup kitchen, um, which we found out was so hard. I was always like at the beginning, the first thought is like, we should donate, give it to the homeless. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, do that, get sued. Oh, really? Well, we're not FDA approved or anything. Right. We are. We have the right to make art. But it's like that Nathan For You episode. Have you ever seen it where he makes a, a dumb Starbucks? It's not really mm-hmm. a Starbucks. It's like an art thing. That's literally what we would be in. So if someone took our food and got sick, right. we expose ourselves. Um, but we did end up taking it. I pushed it to Greg so much, so much. We ended up putting a, a portion of our budget to feedingamerica.org. Mm-hmm. Just to help, just to do something. Yeah. And people are so funny. We were like, yeah, feedingamerica.org. And then I had people like, yeah, what about Canada, bro? What's your deal? And I'm like, of course, eh? It's never <laughs> enough. It's never enough. Uh, Star Seeker Dragon says, what was the most regrettable thing you've eaten? Oh, I just had like so many things flash through my mind, <laughs> 10 you- of which are like completely inappropriate. I would say <laughs> that um, I- Wait, were they food-based? Let's just move past it. I think that the <laughs> we tried to make Jack Daniels gravy. We tried really hard to make it work. Mm-hmm. It never worked. And like like all four times that we came out with something that I was willing to taste, I was always like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> also, for International Turtle Day, the first year of Epic Meal Time, I never really thought ahead too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the internet taught me that. Probably I think too much now. I overthink things. 
But it was like, oh, International Turtle Day is coming up. All right, boys, let's grab some turtles and butcher them for the episode because it's Turtle Day. Show our love to turtles. Wait, when you say butcher them, are they already dead? It's a dead turtle. Okay. And like you literally like pop the shell off and like rip the meat off the bones. Yeah. It's so terrible and I hated it. Where does someone even buy? Chinatown. Oh. Get anything you want. And uh, Is it legal? I guess it probably in is. In Canada. Oh, okay. I was in Canada. Um, How so, big are these turtles? Like uh, a diameter of uh, this five inches, so like five a, inch diameter. Like a dinner bowl or something. Yeah, yeah. A pretty decent turtle. Are the heads out or in? The heads are out, the legs are out. And when you oh, pop yeah. the shells off, it's so weird. You see that like the head and the arms and legs don't touch. It's not like there's a body in there. Like really? you would think, no. They're just attached to the, the shell. The shell is the body. Like the shell is the casing. That's and so the arms are like there. And like the, it's How like upsetting. empty. It's like pretty hollow. Yeah, you imagine like Franklin the turtle or something. Like he comes out in his underwear or whatever. No. I imagine like a lizard with a hard thing on it. No, or it's not like that at all. Yeah. 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 And uh, Turtle Day is also for the preservation of turtles, which I realized after we uploaded the episode. Mm. Uh, turtle soup sucked, though. What does it taste like? Swamp. Tastes like a swamp. Like, like that's what you think it would taste like. I wasn't thinking. I was drinking. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not. Great saying... T-shirt. <laughs> that Uh-oh, is good. There yeah. you go. No, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, <laughs> correcting you. I'm just saying, having had pet turtles, there's a general swampy smell that I guess yeah. is what they taste like as well. That's what it was. Wait, what is the tur- what's the turtle meat? Is it their legs and arms? Yeah. Because what do you do with the head? Or do you to- throw that in too? I don't remember if we did or not. Ugh. But we actually ended up taking all of it out, most of the meat. Like a couple of us tried the meat, but we ended up taking it out of the soup, the turtle soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all, it all sucked. Yeah. It was just sucky. But in Canada, you know, you can get like – Canada, you can get uh, like horse tartare. I've had that. Very How lean was meat. It? Horse macaroni was good. Just super, super, super lean meat. Um, They also have in Canada like tortier. What is that? Which is like, you know, venison and bear. Mm. I feel like it's weird to eat bear in California because it's on the flag. Yeah. What does bear taste like? Carpet. Gamey carpet. Huh. But better than what I'm saying, but still. Have you you had all sorts of game meat? I've had ostrich eggs. I cooked ostrich eggs with Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) on his tank. Wow. That's a real sentence, and And I said it in my life. Yeah. The first movie I ever saw in movie theaters ever was Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I was leaving with my dad. I was five years old. And you can imagine Terminator 2 is still my favorite movie. Like how incredible it was. I left with my dad. I'm like, I want to make a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was like, what's the plot? And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, the plot is what the movie's about. I'll never forget this conversation. Fast forward like 30 years, well, 25 years, I'm filming with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I thought about it. I wrote for Arnold Schwarzenegger, produced for Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed and starred alongside on my own show with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who else has done that? Not That's even crazy. James Cameron. We <laughs> cooked ostrich eggs on his tank. <laughs> and how were they? They were good. Ostrich eggs taste like eggs, but a bit weird. <laughs> I can imagine it. Yeah. I can imagine it. Um, okay. And here's the last one. And then we're doing just mirror everyone. Um, Midnight 98 says, what made you fall in love with? Is it Jimin? Jimin? <laughs> Himin? Hyman? I don't know how to say it. So write this Jammin? down. Write this down for yourself. Both okay. of you guys are gonna have to do this, okay? BTS. Uh-huh. Okay. 
And you could start with, uh, I would say, blood, sweat, and tears. Let the audience know that Harley is watching me write this down. Yeah, she is. Lest I don't write it down. She's writing it down. BTS, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. And then I would go to, uh, right after that, I would go to uh, Fire. And then I would do uh, Bapese. It's a dance video. And then Not Today. Okay. That's just like 25 minutes of your life, 30 minutes of your life. Uh, they're a Korean pop band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I've i seen like, you know, I like world music, let's say. Uh, I was a huge, I am like a, a huge Bollywood fan of like some Bollywood movies from the 90s and stuff like that. Some Indian music sounds so interesting to me and incredible. Um uh, you could also write down uh, Atikya Kandala. It's a great one, but let's do one I thing at a time I don't even know here. I could write that down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, So I've always been into world music, and I happened to come across a K-pop band called BTS. And I watched it, and uh, the first video I saw was Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And the uh, Jimin is in it, and he's so, he's so oh, beautiful in it. Did I say it right the very first time? Yeah, you did. Can't believe I kept going on. Okay, he's just like it's just like uh, like like boy bands. It's mm-hmm. a Korean pop boy band, and they follow the same archetypes and and standard everything that American boy bands follow, which is like there's no lead, there's no alpha to the group. They all have somewhat beta vibes. They're all totally approachable by teenage girls. Yep, this that's guy, him. That's here him. He is Jeff. There he is. <laughs> he's yep. very. That's actually um, like very feminine looking. That's chill. That's like a chill picture. Okay. If you he's go in like the music videos, he's got like eyeliner. chokers on and stuff and like they they're like they're basically like I mean ultimately they're corporate chills. They're like they're, they're I'm sure they wear more in clothing in the music videos than they get in a salary for the entire year. They're kind of owned by a corporation. Mm-hmm. They don't have their individual Twitters or Instagrams oh, here's and stuff. A fun pick. Yeah, there's a filter on that one. Oh. Um but they uh they're like they're basically like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Right. And I happened to watch it and I like and I was like, oh, this guy in the middle is killing it. Mm. My girlfriend Andy was watching it and she was like, oh, that guy in the back is killing it. His name is Rap Monster. And then when I started tweeting about it, I realized that fans of it, they call themselves ARMY. Mm-hmm. And they're super, super protective of the band and the individual members. And having a favorite is your bias, it's called. <laughs> oh, Your second favorite is your bias wrecker. Uh-huh. And so uh, Jimin is my bias. Andy Rap Monster is her bias. Who's your bias wrecker? Uh, the rest of the band. <laughs> They're all equal after that point. Oh my God. And I so- want inc- to incorporate this into my po- the panel version of my podcast. I want, but only if I'm your bias, you guys. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to find out I'm not. <laughs> and then what, what happens is like uh, I started tweeting about it and their fans went mental. Like, no way this guy actually likes this music. He's going to make a video making fun of them Mm. or he's doing it for attention. Something's up. And I got hit with like hardcore white racism, (laughs) which, by the way, I found out from Twitter doesn't exist. Mm. You can't be racist to white people. Right. That's what all I got. I got. I was like, whoa, everyone's being really racist. And then I got tons of pictures of mayonnaise crying and salters <laughs> crying, uh, saltines crying, and like tons of pictures. And and they're like, you can't. And I'm like, well, everyone's racist. So I can't be racist to you. You're white. I was like, well, then I'm Jewish. 
and you could be racist to Jews. And they're like, yeah, we don't hate you because you're Jewish. We hate you because you're white, whitey. <laughs> and I was getting like tons of hate. So I was like, well, then I guess I'm going to be the president of the fan club. Because when I was growing up, there was like a New Kids on the Block fan yeah. club, a Backstreet Boys. Sure. And so I was like, yep, I'm the BTS uh, fan club president slash Jimin fan club president. And the only way to take my presidency is through trial by combat. <laughs> so anyone who wants it that likes BTS, they can fight me for it. And who's going to fight me? Like a 13-year-old girl? Right. I'll kill her. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a joke, right? Everyone yeah. knows that's a joke. Um, so I, I claim to be the president of the fan club. I put up a video where I had a suit and tie on and I made a statement saying that they all got to be more inclusive and respectful and they shouldn't hate on me because I, I, you know, I'll buy merch and like that actually supports the band with money and it's useful and like it, it's a great thing and don't, don't be hating on me just so I like it. And people were getting like really intense about it and I didn't mean to lean so hard into the K-pop thing, but kind of defending or trying to like teach some of these girls like what they were saying was terrible and messed up just trying to kind of teach them i ended up talking about k-pop for like five days so now all my fans are like oh shut up about it <laughs> um but i was at the i went to dave and busters in hollywood weird eh and i was mm -hmm. there and uh this girl taps me on the shoulder i turn around she's like yeah and she goes do you like jimin <laughs> Which is weird, right? Mm -hmm. Which was even weirder was I was wearing a Jimin t-shirt. Oh. I unzipped my jacket. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, it is you. You're Harley. And that was weird because I got recognized in public for being the Jimin fan club president <laughs> there. So it's gone to a place now. Right. It's gone to a place. Uh, the reason why I gave you those songs and that stuff and to everyone listening, just go check those out. You know, just enjoy it. And uh, you have to pick a favorite by the end of the first video. You have to pick a bias. I'll do it. Yeah, please. I'm in. When you watch that video, pick a bias and and tweet about it. Okay. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I want to see it. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me? Is it everyone? And then we, we weigh in. Ms. Appropriate says, when people say, do what makes you happy or live your truth, I think, but not if you're a serial killer. I mean, I've never had that actual thought, but in general, yes, live your truth and do what makes you happy. It's always like, with some caveats. There is totally a second half of that sentence, and I know it because I always say, follow your heart mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And the second part is really important, but it's so like you would imagine that for humans, we don't have to say the second part, right? but you say it in kindergarten in grade one, two, three, four, you say, do whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the important part of the sentence. But we drop it. We drop it because it goes without saying. So Mr. Serial Killer, do whatever it is that makes you happy as long as not hurting. Oh, killing people. Okay. Well, you can't do that because it hurts someone. Right. What's the next one? Uh, petting cats. All your cats that you have. I mean, I doubt it's that, <laughs> but it'd be great if it were. Putting things in you. There's a go-to. Yeah. Did you say putting S things in you? Yeah, maybe. I feel like that could be a good next thing that a serial killer might like. Putting things in who? Inside yourself. Sitting on things. Oh. I'm trying to just imagine. Yeah. I mean, I feel some, like it's I'm like- putting my, my mind in, in, in the mind of a serial killer. I feel right like now. it's like- harm people or bust like that's what that's pretty much what they or want just to like do. life is boring yeah but you can't end life because that is also breaking the don't hurt anyone or yourself rule 
Right. So you got to go and eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch every day if that's what makes you happy mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Or, or what have you. Yeah. C.T. Olson <laughs> says, I can pick up my dog's poop with no problem, but gag to the point of almost throwing up when opening a new bag of dog food. I find that some dog food does have a really awful smell, but then some dog food, I open it up and it actually makes me hungry. Mm. We don't have that kind anymore, but we had a kind years ago that it smelled like French fries. Oh, that's it smelled like yams. Yeah. That's so interesting. And it actually had like a very salty smell, although I don't, it was supposed to be healthy food. I don't know. Yeah. And when I go down and pick up my dog's poo, I don't block my nose. Mm-hmm. But when I go down to open up a fresh bag of dog food, I will block my nose. So there you go. But the thing is, isn't because like I would much rather be in a room that smells like dog food rather than a room that smells like dog poo. Mm-hmm. The reason being, I believe, is the uh, you're not considering the draft of when you open it up, it right. shoots up. If you did open up a bag of your dog's poo, you mm-hmm. would not agree with everything you're saying right now. This so you have it has to be like it's got to be equal factors. You right. know what I mean? Is it dog food just on the floor that makes you gag next to the dog? No, it's in the bag and that opening up and that shot. I hate yeah. that shot. That shot of just like dog it. air, dog food air <laughs> right. in your face. Rebecca Green says, uh, "It is strange and scary the degree to which we have accepted communication with our tech items as normal human chats. Just me or everyone." Well, I think this was in response to me tweeting. My dishwasher was beeping incessantly and it was driving me crazy. And I walked in and I said, without thinking, I just went, why? And then I realized, <laughs> like, I, dr- I said it to the dishwasher and then I realized it was slightly open and I pushed the door closed and it went beep and then stopped. And so then I made a joke about how, like, now we're getting married because we communicate so well. So I think this is a response to that. Um, but I'm- yeah, it is as if I had a chat with my dishwasher. I mean, <laughs> Well, I thought it was like I'm. You, you think it was like that, or just like using phones a lot, or like talking to all your stuff. Oh, <laughs> I think what you said makes infinite more sense than my whole stupid. No, no, no. I wouldn't say right. stupid, but I wouldn't say stupid. People, I'm sure, have married dishwashers and stuff. <laughs> Things happen these days. <laughs> Things exist. They do exist, right? I saw a woman who married a fence on TV. Yeah, like you ever seen that stuff? On I the mean, internet? yeah, sure. People who have sex with their cars and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yes, I think what she means is when we text people, we think it's as if we actually talk to them. Is that what you think she means? I was saying like, oh, we don't go out enough. We all spend time messaging each other. Yes. And I think that it's a double-edged sword because you're totally right. When I sit at dinner with my mom, who I haven't seen in a while, and I take my phone out and I'm messaging other people. That's wrong and that's rude. But to be able to communicate with a friend who's on the other side of the world that I would never get any communication with, this is the superior option. It's the superior option. It is just on each individual to be responsible and respectful of when to use the phone right. or when to look at it. Like the one second you looked away here, I grabbed my phone and like <laughs> looked through like three things. Didn't I saw need, that. I didn't need to I do that. that. I didn't need to do that. I know. I think it's just about like – Never being where no, I'm not saying this about you, but I find that it's like, oh, I I'm never where I am. Yeah, because I'm always, and I don't know why. Like, but, why the reluctance to actually be where I am? But it's comments like she made that is important because when you hear it enough multiple times, then you do have those moments where it's like, let's be present. Right. But also, I will never be the person that's like there with friends and be like, hey guys, can we be present for a second? 
I would never do that because I don't know what their life is. Right. Like I have a strange life that like I could get like, you know, I, I'm I'm in Montreal and I get an email like LA time at like 11 p.m. LA time, which happens to be like 2 a.m. And I'm like, I should handle this right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like out. And for my friends, that's weird. And I'm like, no, but my life is weird. This has to happen. This is the only way I can compete with Japan. My phone. It's true. John Schember says... Is there anything more pretentious than companies changing their address to technology drive or innovation way? That, wait. I haven't. I don't even know about this. Yeah, I have a feeling if you go up to Silicon Valley, it's like, we're at 100 technology drive or innovation way. They they name their streets after things like that. Oh, they make their own street? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is that it's it's not the pretentiousness of it that um, – that I am taken with. It's how do you get to name your own street? You bought it. How do you do that? You're Snapchat and you're worth $8 billion. I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I like, I mean, you know, it's, but like, who do you pay to have your own street? That's a good question. Mark Zuckerberg, I would assume. <laughs> I guess. I feel like if you're like out, like all like that place in California where there's all these huge companies, mm. You know, I feel like there's just like an understanding there. I feel like there's probably like a real like like startup company subculture of like like in the nineties growing up. Like when I when I was coming to move here, like I moved to Hollywood. Coming from Montreal, I was like, I'm gonna live in Hollywood. <laughs> when I leave my house, I wanna see the walk of fame mm-hmm. because I know when I came from Canada, this was like a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. I hope I find I hope I find a girl with fake boobies. <laughs> and like this is like I'm like, this is like what it's gotta be. And I hope my car doesn't have a roof and I could basically be Steve Sanders, which is why I colored my hair like this. And I'm like, oh, that's God. what it'll happen. Not a <laughs> I'm like, that's what it'll be. Mm-hmm. And like you see there and you're like, oh, I was like, I liked like a, like a stereotypical aspect of the subculture or whatever it mm-hmm. was. I'm sure that startup companies have that equivalent where it's like, dog, we got to get a startup. You know, you made it when you name your own street. Right. We did not do it until we made our own street name. That's how we know we're worth something in the digital world. So I guess maybe it's like a benchmark. Right. Like, a rite of passage. Exactly. Like maybe that's what it is. Sooner Magic says, see flavor of the month, pumpkin spice, habanero, sriracha. Am I saying that right? Sriracha. 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 Um, that's right. I've been corrected before. So see these flavors of the month at one restaurant. Know it's about to spread to many more. What were those flavors? Pumpkin spice, habanero, sriracha. Flavors of what? Just like the popular flavor this month is these things. I think those are just examples. Sriracha is definitely flavor, a huge flavor of 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, Habanero is timeless because it's not a brand name. It's actually a thing. Uh, What was the other one? Pumpkin Pumpkin spice. spice. Pumpkin spice is on the come up, but it's absolutely getting parodied more than anything now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sure like, like I, I absolutely love pumpkin spice stuff. Now I can't. Like, what kind of guy am I if I get something pumpkin spice? Like, I'm literally a joke. Like, I, I'm, I'm a meme. I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what I, you know, I could easily poke fun at. But uh, flavors I noticed here, I noticed that uh, you guys have all dress chips and ketchup chips, which are Canadian flavors, yep. which are excellent. And I see they have the Canadian flag on the back. Um, I've seen poutines here now mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um, not that poutine is a flavor, but it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Wait, what was the all? Do you say all dressed? All chips? dressed. What's that? It's uh, it's just like they call it all dressed. Like it's you know all the flavors. It's ultimately oh. I've discovered, um, it's basically barbecue and salt and vinegar mixed into a chip. 
It's really Whoa. excellent. I don't think I could do it. It is salty. It was like I was very hyped up about it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm like, oh, it's crazy. Uh, I do love ketchup, though. Ketchup chips are great. I like those, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Leela Rolling Stone says... Saffron. Sorry. Is a hot flavor right now? I think... Th- I, I've been seeing... Like, saffron's a word I heard three years ago, and now I see more of. Just interesting to me. You kind of have saffron, saffron-esque hair. Thank you so much. That I, was what I was going for. <laughs> Your hair's not as yellow. Yeah. But I, I, the, the barber was like, what do you want? And I was like, saffron and peanut butter ice cream? And he was like... <laughs> Say no more, fam. <laughs> I got you. Get irrationally angry at parents who allow their child to cover the back windows of the car with one billion stickers. I, I'm i wondering, does she get angry because why are they doing that? Or does she get angry because she can't see through the car to see what the traffic is doing in front? Because that drives me nuts when I'm in, when I'm like in front or sorry, behind a car where there's some sort of opaque thing happening. And I'm like... Now I'm just trusting your good instincts in terms of breaking in time and And giving you enough time. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when it's like those people, you got to like go to like three car following distance, four car following distance, but you're in Los Angeles. So everyone's getting so pissed at you that you're driving responsibly to the opaque back. Nice opaque. I like (laughs) you said that uh, of the car or truck or whatever. But I agree. You know, your kids could put stickers in a billion different places. Why do they have to put it on the window? Bastards. Let them put it on the inside of the car, on yeah. the trunk, if they want, like on the inside, where you know it's not messing up anything. Although I don't really come across these people. I mean, yeah, it sounds like this was literally written while she was in traffic behind <laughs> that car. Right, then she was so angry, like, and she was like, "What am I mad about right now?" You know what? <laughs> this. <laughs> I think you're right, <laughs> Harley. It was so nice having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is, I'm really happy I came. This was awesome. Me happy too. we finally did it. So you're in town working on a. a new show right epic meals yeah youtube.com slash epic meal time we do the tuesday videos and we have all these awesome um collaborations planned and at the end of it all we have our youtube red pilot that we're going to drop on the channel oh cool which will be cool what is what's it going to be it's like uh just like how i was not the person to start a cooking show Mm -hmm. i i will now be not the person to to start another show And it's like just like that, something else where maybe I have no business getting into, but like it's like, hey, let's get out of our comfort zone and make stuff happen. Are you saying what the show is about? I think I might know. Yeah, it's just about like uh, it's 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 basically epic meal time outside the arena of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. If it just didn't involve cooking, and what if I applied epic meals to your couch or to your computer or to your home entertainment system? So, like, what does that mean? It's like pimp my ride, okay, but everything. It's pimp my everything. Yeah. I tried to name it that. Legal said no. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you calling it? Uh, it's called Inventorprise. It's nice. like an inventing enterprise. I mixed two words. No, I is get it. Is that called a portmanteau? It, it, I mean, no one ever calls it that, but it is Why called a portmanteau. Why don't we call it that? Because it sounds highfalutin. Yeah. I'm from Montreal. So you can be highfalutin. Yeah, can we speak, speak French, French yeah, right? So, yeah. Do you know it just means jacket wear. Wear jacket. A manteau is a coat, and port means wear, to wear. Oh, so it's like a word wearing a jacket? To wear jacket. I don't know how it means. How does it, it relate? Yeah. I don't know. Thanks I think so it's much like for a word. having me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, like, I was just saying, like, uh, I'm I'm like just, what am I talking about now? <laughs> no, it's interesting. I just, I think it's it's a word wearing a jacket of another word. Maybe. Why not? Why not look at it like a human centipede of words? Like they're two words sharing a jacket. 
these two words have worn a, are in the same it jacket be, yeah, together. Yeah, like one's the left and one's the right. Yeah. Hand. It could be that. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can go to or like plug anything you want to plug. Um, as long as it doesn't hurt me or anyone else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Epic Meal Time, youtube.com slash Epic Meal Time, and youtube.com slash Harley Moore. I upload personal videos like the ones I was referencing here, and uh, Harley plays across everything and Epic Meal Time across everything. Perfect. That's pretty much it. Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And follow me at Allison Rosen on Twitter at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Uh, that's the show's Twitter feed. And on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash The Allison Rosen. Thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about The Allison Rosen Show? 